0: Horror Critic.
1: Good evening, horror fans, and welcome to another episode of Killer Horror Critic. I'm your host, Matt.
2: And I'm Chris.
1: And this is the podcast where my wife and I argue like a couple of drunks at the bar over horror films, so maybe you never learn anything, but hopefully you have a good time listening. (laughs) Uh, So tonight we are continuing our Snowbound Terror theme with the 2009 Norwegian film Dead Snow. But before we get into that, we do have our usual releases for the week, so some pretty interesting stuff coming out this week. Uh, One big one uh, will be the new TV series The Stand, which is coming to CBS All Access, and all these will be out by the time you're listening to this uh but this is a new version of the stand being done for CBS based off of Stephen King's novel ooh and i can't really think of a more relevant tale than <laughs> <laughs> than the stand to be airing right now you know it's for those who've never read it it's basically about a disease which escapes a lab and kills 99% of the population i believe is what it is Uh, And then after that, it's kind of like this post-apocalyptic world where sort of two factions kind of form, one that's being driven by sort of a sinister influencer and another one that's kind of driven by good, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's sort of like a third chaotic source. So (laughs) uh, it sounds very similar, I think, to our current world <laughs> a little bit but anyway it's a it's a great novel, uh Mick Garris did a really good mini series adaptation of it uh in the 2000s, and now we've got this new series coming. I have not seen it yet, we have not had anyone review it yet, but I have heard good things, and it's definitely one I think you want to check out if you're not opposed to watching anything that maybe touches a little too <laughs> close to home <laughs> at the moment so. <laughs> So other than that, we also have Hunter Hunter, which stars Devin Sawa from the Final Destination uh, film, as well as Nick Stahl, who was another big, kind of like late 90s, early 2000s uh, star who you can see in Disturbing Behavior. And this one's basically about a family that's kind of being plagued by sort of a rogue wolf. And then I believe it's Devin Sawa as the husband who goes off to hunt it. And while he's gone, Nick Stahl is this mysterious stranger who... Shows up and may have a few secrets of his own, so it's...
2: (laughs) I have theories.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So this one also sounds really good. Great cast involved with it. Uh, It was reviewed by our writer at KillerHorrorCritic.com, Amy Lou Ahava, who you can follow on Twitter at... Amy Lou A-H-A-V-A, Amy Lou Ahava. But yeah, I this one sounds fantastic. Uh, I have not seen it yet myself, although I'm very curious. I just have like no time to watch anything <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, I I'm watching things, but it's all to like catch up for my end of the year stuff. So I haven't really gotten to, <laughs> to a few of these yet. But anyway, so definitely look out for that one. And then lastly, Shudder is putting out another creep show special. This time it's the creep show holiday special. Which is a they're doing a one-hour story that's uh, essentially kind of where people versus a horde of like killer Santas. It looks so, like
2: so much fun.
1: It just looks like a total blast. Uh, I haven't seen it yet as well. This is being reviewed by our writer Amy Circus, or I, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, Amy. I'm probably not, but it's <laughs> it's Amy Circus. Circus is C E R K A S. And you can follow Amy on Twitter at Ghoulish Gallery. But this one looks like a total blast. I mean, it's where people. So you got like a, a werewolf, were panthers, were cheetahs, whatever, uh, just fighting off this relentless horde of killer Santas. And the trailer just absolutely blew my mind. I'm, <laughs> I'm
2: so excited to see this one.
1: Yeah, no, I can't wait. I'm counting down the days till I finally get to watch this. Uh, but that also looks fantastic. So, so those are three you'll want to keep an eye out for this week and uh, keep you entertained as we wrap up 2020 here. And. You know, just to throw out there today's also a big day, you know, or we're currently or just before recording this, we're watching you know people start to get the vaccination for covid and all that, so even it's though exciting. it's a yeah it's it's exciting even though it's a long way to go until we're anything close to back to normal, you yep. know it's 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 a it's a bright spot in the shit that has <laughs> been twenty twenties, <So laughs> but on that note, so let's get into Nazi zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we again, we do a brief bit of spoiler free stuff on this, and then we'll let you know more about the spoiled dead snow, which we will absolutely be doing. Yep. This is a film that came out in 2009. It's directed by Tommy. I'm probably gonna get all these names wrong because they're all Norwegian. It's directed by Tommy Workola, uh, who also, after this, directed Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters,
2: uh, which
1: would probably explain why that movie's so fun and <laughs> underrated, in my opinion, uh, and as well as Dead Snow 2, which came out a bit after this. Uh, it was written by Workola and Stig Freud Henriksen, uh, who actually plays Roy in Dead Snow. Before we get into the film, we always like to do a little bit of audience reaction, kind of get your all takes on the film and what you thought of it. So we post up a poll every week on Twitter, at Killer From Space, kind of getting your thoughts on the film. So between Love It, It's Fine, Don't Like It, and Never Seen It, where do you think Dead Snow falls for our audience?
2: So I really, I really want it to be in the Love It category, but I'm going to go with Haven't Seen It.
1: Yeah, so you're right. It's... um, never seen it is is the <laughs> no. is the winner here. I <laughs> uh, got 38.8% of the votes which makes- doesn't surprise me it's a, it's a foreign film that came out, you know, 10 years ago where there's always a bit of like backlog for some of these movies, you know, it always takes about 10 years I think yeah. before something really starts to become a cult film. Uh, and Dead Snow, I'm hoping, becomes one of those because this movie is fantastic. It's <laughs> so
2: much fun. I fucking love this film.
1: Yeah, just a really fun, gory zombie flick. Uh, but yeah, no, so 38.8% have not seen it. 32.9% uh, love it. 24.7% say it's fine. And 3% and 3.5% don't like it. Aww. Uh And this is actually one, you know, this happens occasionally with our polls where I guess there are so many people that haven't seen it that we actually don't have any... <laughs> comments <laughs> we don't have any questions or comments on this one for this Aww. week so. uh, i i made a post about dead snow before this where, where I had a bunch of people say like I like this movie, but, you know, nothing that was like, oh, okay, I got to grab that quote. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we did not receive any comments on our poll for this one. Sad face.
2: Sad face.
1: But that just tells me that more of you need to go watch Dead Snow. (laughs) Please Uh, go
2: watch it.
1: uh, Unfortunately, it's not streaming, so you will have to rent it. But I think Chris and I can both attest that this movie is incredible and absolutely worth the rental price if you need to. Hell yeah. But, all right, so all that being said, we always like to do a tagline versus the film, kind of getting our general thoughts on the movie uh, and when we think of the tagline, so the tagline for Dead Snow is in Norwegian, but I translated it. It's the Norwegian tagline is in sweet D," which <laughs> I probably said wrong. Uh, translated, it says, as far as I can tell, uh, one to die. Yep. <laughs> so what do you think of the tagline? And what do you think of Dead Snow overall?
2: I, I like the tagline because for the sole reason that, Dead Snow is kind of a fun, chaotic film, and I feel like that tagline goes really well with it, of like, cool, your tagline is one, two, die, and it's like a play on, I want to say the word for three is dry, and so I just, it's punny and silly, and it makes me really happy, and I love this film.
1: I know, it's solid, and it it has that kind of military-esque vibe to it, you know, Mm -hmm. where or The military's kind of like that of like shouting one word at a time, right? And yeah, uh, and being about Nazi zombies, you know, it's it seems fitting <laughs> for you know, you can almost picture this horde of Nazi snow zombies coming over a hill and the general <laughs> just shouting, One, two, dies. They all like rush at charge you, charge you, they rush at you with their whatever Nazi zombies carry,
2: <laughs> guns. Uh,
1: well, they don't really have any guns in this movie, so that's true. They're
2: zombies, they don't
1: need them. Well, they need them, but, <laughs> <laughs> but... Anyway, yeah, so, no, overall, I, I love Dead Snow. Like, this oh, yeah. movie, you know, again, this movie came out in 2009. It kind of came out around that time where a, a lot of people were just feeling very burnt out by zombie films. Mm-hmm. And and you could argue we're even more so now with The Walking Dead and yeah. Fear of the Walking Dead and they whatever ate, other Walking they Dead show I mean, I don't know about you all, but every time I go to Universal for their Halloween Horror Nights, you know, they they do two things where they have haunted houses, and then they have, like, what they call scare zones, you know? And every fucking year, <laughs> every fucking year... There is a house dedicated to walking dead I'm and,
2: I'm pretty sure that's a, just a permanent feature now
1: well, they have a permanent feature, but then they also do like other walking dead <laughs> stuff you know like sometimes the the tram of terror is like walking oh, dead theme, yeah. you know there is so much fucking walking dead <laughs> in our lives. That, you know, it, it, look, I'm sorry if you're a fan of that show. I can't wait for Walking Dead to just not be a thing anymore. Because <laughs> like, I, I it's, it's a good, I'm sure it's a good show, but my it- God, has it caused zombie just exhaustion.
2: <laughs> I'm getting a kick out of in the comic book world, Walking Dead was originally pl- printed black and white, and they've decided to go back and just reprint it, but in color. That's happening right now. <laughs> that, ma-
1: that makes no sense to me for, no. for comics. You know, no. like, like I, I can understand film. I actually know people that will not watch a movie if it's in black and white, which yeah. just makes me sigh so hard. But, <laughs> <laughs> but but you can convince others to watch movies if you put it in color, you know. Yep. And comics are different to me, though. Like, comics, I don't know that the color... It, it, I mean, it can make it more vibrant and pretty, I guess. I don't know, but I like black and white. So Yeah, it, <laughs>
2: it seems kind of unnecessary. but. Yeah. I mean, for me, the nice thing with Dead Snow is that, yeah, there's zombie burnout, but it's, I like it because it doesn't 100% feel like a traditional zombie film. Right. Um, And that's what I think makes Dead Snow fun. Like, it, it's a movie that loves horror. It's doing a lot of references and stuff like that. And mm. it's super fucking gory, which is great.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm going to get into this a lot more when we get into sports territory, but to me, Dead Snow is just this... It, it, to me, it's like a reaction to the state of horror that we had in the 2000s. You know, like, uh, similar, uh, we talked about Adam Green recently with Frozen and and mm-hmm. how his film uh, Hatchet was kind of a reaction to what was going on. Yeah. I feel similarly to Dead Snow. You know, it feels like, uh, it feels like Cola's reaction to uh, the just barrage of, like, torture films and and remakes and reboots and countless zombie movies you know it feels like a reaction to that and just saying it doesn't need to be this way (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which we'll talk about more but but no it's a really fun film excellent excellent gore just great play on like other Cabin in the Woods films, like Evil Dead. Yep. Uh also a bit of a play on Dead Alive, Peter Jackson's movie, which I'll get into more into that in a bit. But no, just it's just a really great movie. So
2: I would like to point out one thing as we go into this. I introduced Matt to this film.
1: Yeah, and that's the I funny win. Th- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing with Dead Snow too is you know I I met Chris in what was it 2011? Yep. Uh, I met Chris in 2011. This came out in 2009. I actually had not seen Dead Snow yet, and if you've been listening to this podcast, you you know that I'm probably a, a little bit more knowledgeable on he horror is much than more Chris. No, I I
2: love horror, uh, but I am a bit more casual about it.
1: Right. So so it you know her her introducing this to me when we were first starting out dating was kind of this moment of like I think I love this girl. Yep. <laughs> I dragged you to I, the, I the sequel. I think I have too, to marry you I? now. I don't remember who dragged you to the sequel, but we definitely both wanted to go. I know that. <laughs> And the sequel's a lot of fun, too. Dead Snow 2 is great, and that one actually is (laughs) streaming somewhere. (laughs) Uh, I think on Netflix or Prime. I can't remember. But but anyway, yeah, no, great film. So, again, if you haven't seen it, please, please, please give it a watch before listening to the rest of this. Uh, We are going to spoil the movie for you, uh, which, speaking of, we're about to go to a break, which we will come back from, and then spoil the crap out of Dead Snow. So, we will see you in a second. If you've been enjoying Killer Horror Critic, Please make sure to head to iTunes and leave a review and rating, as this helps the show get noticed by others and would be a huge favor to me. Also make sure to check out my Patreon, where you can receive access to exclusive content, such as bonus questions for each episode, extra episodes, and more. To find out details, visit www.patreon.com killerhorrorcritic. Thank you so much for your support, and I hope you enjoy tonight's episode. Alright, and welcome back to our episode here on the 2009 Norwegian film Dead Snow, directed by Tommy Workola. So, uh, as we usually like to do, what do you want to talk about in this movie? You know, Dead Snow is kind of a fun play on like a lot of different character tropes from, you know, these Cabin in the Woods movies and teen slashers of the 80s and whatnot. And so we have kind of a interesting variety of characters here. So who who's one that kind of stands out to you with Dead Snow? <laughs>
2: So I, I had to think about this because like I like a lot of the characters, but I don't necessarily feel super strongly one way or the other about them. Mm. Then I realized on rewatch, I fucking love Vigard. I think that's how you pronounce his name, Vigard? No. Um, Who's played by, I might mess this up, uh, Lassie Valdal?
1: Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully that's
2: right. Okay. I just fucking love him because he's... As close as we come to having, like, a tough guy, and nobody is tough in this film, aside from the girls. But, like, this dude fucking bites a zombie. Right. Like, he bites first. And I I think that that's the moment that I realized, like, I love this dude. Because he's just, like, in it to just, like, fight everything. I don't know. It's There's something nice about this film where... We have a male character who, you know, he's our tough killer character, but he is like the softest boy. He's out there searching for his girlfriend because he had one prophetic dream.
1: I, I don't know that he's the softest boy. He's um, not the soft. <laughs> well,
2: all it's what I like about these dudes in these is like none of them are like super macho. Even I, Vigard. Is I, I did
1: I disagree. I, really? I do think Vigard is yes, a- and it's Vigard, not Vigard. Vigard?
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: yeah, no, because so all right, so th- this film does play a lot on tropes, mm-hmm. but but the thing about it is that the tropes are still there. They're just kind of played differently. So. To to me, Vigard is or, or Vigard. Now you got to get me confused, but <laughs> No, we'll go with
2: Vigard. I trust you.
1: Uh <laughs> Well I don't trust me. Um <laughs> But but Vigard, you know, he's kind of he's kind of the jock character in a yeah, sense. Because absolutely. Because, you know, the the other characters, they're not as experienced with snowmobiling or anything, or at least it doesn't come off that way. Whereas Vigard seems like a fucking snowmobile champ, you know, yeah. I mean he's just Going all over this mountain doing tricks and stuff like that and
2: All he wants uh, to do is sit on the top of the mountain with his snowmobile and a sandwich.
1: Sure. <laughs> like every Jacques does. Um but but no, but he he's like the Jock character, you know? Uh and in that sense, he he sticks to that stereotype in somewhat because he you know, he is that character that's of the men in the movie the most quote-unquote, tough, I oh, guess yeah. you could say. Uh, and, and he is kind of like the the take-charge character, which you often see with the jock ja character. Now, the jock ja character, that's usually not just heroics. Mostly, it's stupidity. Yep. <laughs> uh, but in Vigard's case, you know, it's a little bit of heroics, a little bit of, you know, just concern for his girlfriend, like Chris said. Hmm. But the way that it is played differently that I like about Vigard is that there is kind of a sympathetic side to him and he's not just like the uh put everyone down yeah. think i'm better than you jock you know it, it's more just like pure bravery and 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 feeling like he has a need to go save
2: people, he's it, you know? yeah he is just a good dude and that's why i like him like we do have one like I'm not even gonna say it's a shitty moment, but it's it's the closest we really come to him having a shitty moment where one of the girls has seen something and he's just like, Are you sure it's not a moose? And I'm like, My <laughs> God, I'm pretty sure she knows the difference between a man and a moose. Don't be a dick.
1: Yeah, so so but I mean he but he so he has those character moments, right? Yeah. But But he uh, fist fights a zombie. Well, and you mentioned the biting the zombie, which as far as I can remember, and I'm probably forgetting something, who knows, but I feel like that's the first time I remember seeing a character bite a zombie. I, you know? I don't think I've
2: ever seen a character bite a zombie.
1: Right. So so to me, that that's kind of like a first time to do that, which is part of why Dead Snow is so memorable, because it does kind of relieve some of that zombie exhaustion by doing different things with these characters, right? Yeah. So, uh, so, no, yeah, I, I love V-Guard as well. I love how much he just becomes a killing machine for zombies <laughs> he, later on. He <laughs>
2: steals a Nazi gun to mount on his snowmobile. Like, I just, this dude's so fucking extra when it comes to fighting the zombies, and I'm I'm in it.
1: And, yes, and by the way, we are spoiling things now. I forgot if I mentioned that <laughs> or not. But <laughs> uh, but who I want to talk about is probably pretty obvious, and I want to talk about uh, Erland, played by, I'm totally this up. played by Jep. Beck Larson, Larson, however you say it, uh, who basically plays the the film horror nerd of the group.
2: He's the Randy. The,
1: he he's the Randy. He's the me. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know, a- anywhere I would go, I'm pretty sure I am the Erland because you know all most of Erland's dialogue is either quoting movies or referencing horror films. He's wearing a Brain Dead, aka Dead Alive, Peter Jackson shirt, right? Who- and, you know, th- th- it's just a character where, like, I I love it when these characters show up in horror uh, because it always feels like the writer embedding themselves <laughs> into the film.
2: <laughs> you know? Self-insert character.
1: Yeah, it, it never comes off naturally, really, <laughs> that, that this horror-loving character shows up in a horror movie. You know, you can usually kind of start to think to yourself, like, oh, I, I know where this character is coming from this is like the writer's personality right so yeah watching erlin is just interesting because i actually feel like his personality is a big part of what dead snow is ultimately about so so first off just a few things about erlin then i'll kind of get to why i think that so uh so erlin you know i i just relate to this character instantly because he ends up meeting uh chris played by jenny scovlin and it, you know, he's, like, listing off, like, how he... It's a very self-referential meta film, right? So he's listing off uh, other Cabin in the Woods horror films like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she mentions, like, what about April Fool's Day? I believe that was a pretty popular one that came out in 1984 and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, if you meet... Look, if you're a horror fan and you meet people that can not only reference slightly more obscure horror films... I mean, April Fool's Day isn't really that obscure, but but can reference films like that and not just reference the movie, but also the year it came out, uh-huh. you know, that that's a moment for some horror fans where it's like, Oh my God, you want to be best friends? Like, <laughs> 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 you know, and so watching her like, I can still remember the first time that I've met certain people who uh, like, like one of my friends, Adam, you know, I remember the, fr- I, who I didn't meet until in my twenties. And it was like one of the first times that I actually met somebody who knew, as much about horror <laughs> as I did in my personal life, right, like in person, and you know that that's just like it's an infatuating moment, like yeah. not not sexually, but just like <laughs> just like you know it's like oh my god, a friend, yeah, <laughs> you know it's so it like grow if you grew up in the if you grew up any time I think before the two thousands as a horror fan, it just was not that common. <laughs> To find people that that felt the same way about the genres you did. I mean, I grew up in the 90s where literally everything that wasn't seen as normal was, like, uh, weak and weird and pathetic, right? So yeah. if you were a horror fan in the 90s growing up as a kid, you were just the weird kid. And probably any time before that, too, right? So, like, not meeting someone like that until, you know, your college years mm-hmm. is just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Let's be friends forever. <laughs> and then I also just love, too, that this character's name is Chris. Spelled differently than my wife's name, but yep. still, Chris, you know? Yeah. But no, so I love that. But then but then I also have to ask, why does the horror fan always have to die? Why why can't they live through these movies, you know? Like, or, uh, Erland ends up being one of our first kills in Dead Snow. Yeah. And it's just so sad, because it's like, no, Erland... My movie references, you're gone.
2: (laughs) Because if you keep them around, then they're going to know how to get out of the plot. They already know how to escape. But
1: but they don't, because Dead Snow doesn't apply to any of that. That's true. (laughs) You know, so... I mean, they don't, you know, but you always see you see this character often in Slashers and Cabin in the Woods movies, but they always almost die. You know, there's only there's only a few that survive and then they don't even make it through the franchise. Like Randy survives the first screen, but then he, you know, doesn't quite make it through the (laughs) sequel.
2: I mean, he is still there in spirit in number three.
1: Spirit's not good enough. He's (laughs) not alive.
2: (laughs) I mean, at least Erling gets to have sex
1: well which is why he dies right because yeah. he breaks the horror movie rules exactly <laughs> so this guy so this will kind of lead into what I want to talk about with this which is that Erlen's death is an interesting one to me because first of all it's it's very horror referential so you know the way Erlen dies is by getting uh, a zombie's fingers in his eyes and mouth and the zombie just freaking rips his head open and it's pretty fucking epic.
2: And his brain drops out.
1: And his brain drops out. And this is actually a reference to Dead Alive, Peter Jackson's film, which he's, he's wearing, wearing the, the t shirt of. Yeah. Uh, so it's very self-referential in that sense. But but the thing that I find interesting about it is that once once he dies, I feel like the film becomes more of a comedy. You know, because so so up until that point, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of Cabin in the Woods a bit because Cabin in the Woods is more or less a, a straightforward Cabin in the Woods horror film, yeah, until you get to the midway point and you really start digging into the twist of it, right? Yeah, Dead Snow's kind of similar to me where the first half of it like you have your haha moments, right, uh, but it's not like ostensibly a comedy at mm-hmm. that point you know it's still playing itself up like sort of a mysterious horror film i mean you've got your uh you've got your harbinger character like <laughs> telling the creepy ghost story of the zombies right and yeah and uh and you have our opening kill which is kind of creepy and and there's just there's not a ton of comedy leading up to that point right right once Erlen dies you have the character roy who just says something like uh I told you we should have gone to the beach, you know yeah. and and to me it's like it's like the first completely unrealistic line in the movie, right? yeah, uh, where everything up until then I could kind of buy that that would happen but then but then Roy has this line, and it's like no one would really say that at the moment their <laughs> fucking best friend dies <laughs> and, and it's like from that point on once once the traditional horror fan dies that it's just like pure insane com- comedic chaos.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I would definitely agree with that. I would say that the comedy is mainly with the boys. Cuz mm. like we do have that split once the boys and the girls separate, and I feel like the when we're following the girls, it's less of a comedy. That's when we're getting more like I don't want to really say scary, but more like tense moments. Right. Oh, I am.
1: Well, so that's interesting. I mean, so You know, it does feel like there are a lot of differences between the way that the male characters and the female characters are approached in this. So, like, what, you know, but with that, like, what differences are you seeing between them?
2: So, the reason why I didn't choose a female character to talk about is because I kind of want to talk about all of them because they fucking kick ass in this film. Yeah. Like, the ladies are very much, like, take charge. They do things. And the boys, you know, aside from Bygard... Um, and after Erlen's dead, when we're just left with, Martin played by Baker Hall and Roy, when, once you're left with those two, those two boys are dumbasses. There is one brain cell between the two of them and they have lost it. Uh. Um, but the girls, this entire film, are are very like, take charge, take action. Like, you've got our our character that we meet in the the beginning, who unfortunately is the first death. Sarah's crossing the fucking mountains while everybody is driving up there.
1: Could argue a pretty dumb move on Sarah's part, but... (laughs) She didn't know there
2: were zombies, Nazi zombies in the snow. Still
1: not something I would do by myself.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I I think that's really cool of her. And, like, you know, when it comes to, like, our one sex scene, even though it's super gross and in an outhouse, Mm. um, Chris is the one who initiates that. Like, the girl is the one initiate. And sex and then both of the, well, and then like i fucking love that like when when Liv gets gets killed like no she takes those fuckers out
1: right well so it's a it's a more modern film in that sense right so you know it, it, all all through especially through the 80s and the 90s women are it, it's it's interesting because women are typically the stars of horror films at least when it comes to slashers and whatnot but, but even then, like even with, and I know there's a lot of people that just instantly want to <laughs> murder me for saying this, but it's like, even with Jamie Lee Curtis in the ho- in in Halloween, you know, they're still not like necessarily strong fighter characters, right? No. Like they're, you know, like she she's mostly reactive in that film yes. in, instead of proactive, which is. Again, why I love Nancy in the Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, go, yeah. go in and at me and tell me how wrong I am, but that's... <laughs> I,
2: I agree with you.
1: But, you know, it was a common trope where the women just don't have much personality outside of whether or not they're a virgin and how horny <laughs> they are, right? So,
2: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um, you know, so, so it's interesting watching a more modern film like this that kind of... That's playing on those tropes and... It, you know is really saying you know this more modern world has really become no it's actually women that are more take charge where yeah. where men are kind of you know <laughs> sitting back and, <laughs> and going along with the ride because you know cause, cause, i mean you obviously still have those douchebag men out there that are like no i can't live in a world where women are stronger <laughs> than me but um uh, but but you do but you do have you know most of us just kind of accepting like yeah no i Fucking women can be strong, just like men can be strong. You know, it's oh, not really... fuck yeah. <laughs> So it's fun watching this film because you know I feel like all of the men kind of take on more of the final girl role in the <laughs> sense that you know because we do it, it, it is still ultimately males that survive the movie, but they're but they're taking on that final girl role in the sense that like until about three quarters of the way in. They are the cowardly, (laughs) don't-know-what-to-do, dumb characters, right? Yeah. Uh, Who are forced to fight back and overcome their fears, like the fact that Martin can't even stand looking at blood (laughs) despite the fact that he's a goddamn doctor, you know? Uh, And meanwhile, it's, you know, it's his girlfriend Hannah and, and the other women that are really taking charge of the situation. Like, Hannah is the first one to to save somebody you know she you? cuts the one girl's hair that is yeah. pulling uh she chops off the hand of another zombie that's grabbing at somebody
2: oh uh, i f- i fucking love her because when faced on a cliff edge with a zombie she's just like you know what fuck you and just start stomping on the snow until they both fall
1: yeah i know it's an epic moment like how yeah. how brave do you have to be to be like all right if i'm gonna die i'm taking both of us <laughs> out yeah, you know fuck you <laughs> and And the men just don't do anything like that until the end of the movie, you know up yep. until that point, the men are basically just running around like chickens with their heads cut off uh they they don't really they're they're afraid of handling the firearms <laughs> right like Martin is you know the first time he's handed the shotgun he's just like, um uh, okay, uh you know he's very uncomfortable yeah they're very uncomfortable and and it's the women that are immediately just. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do something. (laughs) Yeah,
2: well, and that's what I love about this film because I feel like, to your point, you know, we're used to seeing generally more women in these reactionary roles. It's really fun to see dudes in a reactionary role because they're going to handle situations differently. Like, I fucking love these dudes. They make a Molotov cocktail, and they don't even get it out the door. They just set the cabin on fire.
1: Yeah, well, that's Roy who can't even... And, and, and that's a fun too. That's a fun moment too, right? Because you know, in in older films and and amongst uh, amongst uh, you know sexist males, like there's this conception of uh, oh, women they can't they can't throw, <laughs> you know, like yep. they can't they can't throw accurately. And so it's funny to watch Roy, you know, throw at a window that's like two feet in front of him, and he hits the wall instead <laughs> so of throwing out the window, right? So so this whole movie is like that. It's flipping the role of the sexist that we typically see. And I mean, you even have a shot where, you know, you can, it, it passes by so quickly that you might not even notice it, but uh, you even have a shot when they're all playing a game before all the chaos happens, where Martin is like wearing a pair of earrings, you know, and and it's part of whatever <laughs> joke game they're playing or whatever, but it's still, it's a shot that focuses on the fact that he's wearing earrings. And I, I feel Ew. like it's, I feel like it's to say that he's taking on uh, the traditionally female role and becoming this, like, final boy, right? <laughs> yes,
2: Martin absolutely is our final boy.
1: He's a final boy.
2: <laughs> okay, so the, the fun thing about this film is the fact that we get the subversion of tropes. But this is still a zombie film, and this came out during a time when I feel like, just judging by, like, the comments that we saw when we were watching the film, a lot of people were burned out by zombies. So yeah. were you burned out when this came? this came out? Does this cure zombie burnout?
1: Well, a- yeah, absolutely. I was burnt out by zombies at the time. I mean, so you know, zombies are tough. They they really are because just like we've talked about with many with many other things, you know, like shark films and Jaws, right? When you do zombies, it's it's really tough to to be able to live up to you know others that have done in the past, like George Romero's films, or like Dead Alive that that uh, that Erland's wearing the shirt of. You know it's really, really tough <laughs> to capture <laughs> the magic of those zombie movies, and you know because horror is often used as a a genre to break into film. Yeah. Because a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of filmmakers starting off think that horror is an easy genre to do. That part's <laughs> that part's one hundred percent wrong. Horror is yeah. horror is just as difficult, if not more so, than most others. But horror also sells really well, too. So that's why you see a lot of filmmakers kind of start off that way and why you see a lot of crappy horror movies, because (laughs) that's where a lot of people start, right? That's where they're kind of getting their flow for how to do this stuff. And zombies happen to be kind of the go-to monster for that sort of thing, because, you know, it's pretty damn difficult to make good werewolf makeup, which is why you don't (laughs) see a lot of great werewolf films. But it's not that hard to make good or decent zombie makeup yeah. you know you can find ways around it to make it work and so because of that, you just you see so many just an <laughs> endless amount, like an endless horde that won't die <laughs> of of these zombie low budget horror movies and so yeah, by the time we got to two thousand nine, I mean a lot of people were burnt out by this stuff, you know to because because that was a time where zombie films weren't standing out as much unless you were something like 28 Days Later Yeah, that that did something different with it, you know? Uh, I mean, because you had Return of the Living Dead all the way back in the 80s, and that was, you know, that was like a big example of how to do it differently because it turned into a horror comedy, introduced all these different ideas. You just didn't see a lot of uh, good experimentation with the genre. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I think a lot of us were pretty burnt out by by then, which is probably why I missed this one <laughs> when it came out, you know? Like, I... I might have just thought zombies and eh, whatever, you know, and I, I don't know. I don't know why I missed it, but, but I was burnt out. But again, the thing that this film does so well is it, is it takes, it takes the zombie genre and it puts it into this kind of tropey realm of the cabin in the woods movie. And then it just completely flips it on its head and yeah. just tries to do all these different things with it. And you know, so I mean we already mentioned like the generals are swapped. Uh we have our Harbinger character who's actually like super articulate for once. And yeah. and he and he's the one who you know, he shows up to them. They don't like come across him at some you know, Random gas station place. or something like that, right? He's just some dude hiking through the woods wanting a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um Who's
2: a total dick.
1: And he's a total dick. And You know, it it ultimately just felt like, like I was kind of saying before, this movie ultimately just feels like the generation's reaction to horror of the 2000s, where, you know, looking back on it, it's not as bad as any of us thought it was at the time, but at the time, a lot of us felt like, you know, the 2000s were this period for horror where we were just getting almost nothing, (laughs) almost nothing but Saw (laughs) replications, you know, like films like like Saw and Hostel that- Just wanted to put their characters through the ringer and just have no fun whatsoever.
0: <laughs> but... and, and,
1: a, and a countless amount of remakes and, and reboots, you know, which has always been a part of the genre. So I don't really harp on that too much now, but I did back then when I was younger. Yeah. And, and this movie, it feels like there's this moment where the Harbinger character is talking about how he's telling the story about the Nazis, right? Yeah. And, and this is where my, my weird, like reading into the movies perhaps goes a bit too far, but.
2: (laughs) Always my favorite part.
1: Uh, But he's talking, he's talking about the, the story of the zombies and the villagers that rose up against them and whatnot. And he mentions how, you know, the, the Nazis had been in this town for years, just torturing these villagers. And then once the villagers got sick of it, they had all this like pent up rage that they took out on them. And then these. Zombies all made out with gold and, and disappeared into the mountains. And that was the end of it, right? Until now. And it almost kind of feels like the movie is talking about this sort of pent-up frustration that we had as fans. <laughs> you know, that that we had with... If you can think of the Nazi zombies as movie studios, yeah. <laughs> it, it it feels like a commentary on... You know, characters like Erland and the rest of us uh, who are just like, what's going on with the horror (laughs) genre right now? You know, because it it became this period where it felt like studios more than ever were just taking our money and running with it. Like (laughs) the Nazis. Like the Nazis and just being like. You know, I don't give a fuck what you want. I'm going to remake Texas Chainsaw Massacre 500 times. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to come pay for it, motherfucker. <laughs> because you're a horror fan and you can't not see it. <laughs> and and that's what that decade felt like. And so this movie to me you know, it almost feels like those zombies are representative of that because they're after this gold they have no use for. It. Nope. They're fucking Nazi zombies. <laughs> what are they going to do with gold, this gold that the characters find in the cabin? What are they going to do with it? They have nothing to spend it on. They're the- monsters. They're weird
2: hoarders.
1: <laughs> like movie studios. So, so you know, it, it it felt like this reaction to these greedy studios that just kept churning out this stuff and making us pay for it. Yeah. And, and Dead Snow is kind of like a reaction to it where it's like, you know, we're we're tired of the same old thing. Let's go back to a time when horror was fun. Let's let's make it fun again. Let's stop doing hostile part <laughs> six and let's enjoy these things once again, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what Dead Snow is to me.
2: Yeah, it's you know, it's one of the reasons why I really look, I'm really gonna like this movie because it's zombies and a slasher film had a fucking baby. And I love both of those genres.
0: Sure. <laughs> oh,
2: like, that's what it feels like for me. Like, it, a lot of zombie films, they like to make you feel for the zombies or anything like that. And this one's just like, no, fuck it. They're Nazis. Just kill them. And we got to just have a fun, like, gore fest. We got to hit a whole bunch of, like, the, the slasher tropes. In a way that made it feel like this movie really loves horror films. Like, we got a fucking Evil Dead reference in this.
1: Well, I mean the references are all throughout this. I mean the, basic to me. No, the, but I'm
2: basic and I can only find a couple.
1: Well, to me, I mean the entire film is Evil Dead. It, yes. It's the it's the Norwegian version of Evil Dead, right? Yep. You know, just with zombies instead of Deadites. And so mm-hmm. uh but but it really is this commentary on the tropes, you know, because we keep talking about the the flip of the men and women roles, but you know, there's also, like, little things that happen that I'm sure are not what, I, what I'm what i saying they are. <laughs> uh, like, I doubt the filmmakers are thinking about it this way, but no offense to you, Huns, since the character shows your name. But, you know, Ew. there's there's the character, Chris, who is is pretty much playing, like, the average slutty girl, right, yeah. that just wants to fuck everyone. And for the most part, she's pretty much that role. Like, there's not really... A lot done with that character to make it different than usual. Yeah. But something that the film does do is instead of letting her remain sexy until she dies, <laughs> instead she ends up getting pulled into the damn porta potty and is just covered in shit. Yep. <laughs> and and to me, I like to look at that as the filmmakers being like, Hey, so you know that trope with the slutty girl that just wants to fuck everyone? <laughs> That trope is shitty. <laughs> that's a shitty character. And we're going to show you how shitty that character type is by literally covering Chris in shit.
2: <laughs> do you really uh, have to say the name for that last sentence?
0: I do. <laughs> um,
2: no, I think you're right. Like, absolutely. And that's, that's what's so much fun about this film. This is a really nice palate cleanser if you're feeling zombie burnout. Like just watch this film; it'll cleanse your palate of zombies.
1: Yeah, no, you know, Dead Snow plays completely as a zombie palate cleanser. Like if it, if it, you know if you're listening to this, you still haven't seen Dead Snow, or even if you know you saw it back when it came out. I mean, this movie it it was the cure that we needed <laughs> at the time <laughs> uh, for feeling burnt out by zombie movies because it does do so much differently in playing with these themes of you know, kind of commentating on, like, where the horror genre's been, where it is now, and where it needs to go back to. And and it's why, I, you know, it's why I mentioned um, Erland as kind of like once he dies, the uh, comedy begins to come into play. And I feel like, again, part of uh, – again, I'm reading too much into this probably, but, <laughs> but I feel I feel like the symbolism there is that – you know, Erland is this this character who's obsessed with horror and 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 comes from, you know, the generation of what horror was, right? You know, yeah. like Brain Dead and the and Night of the Living Dead and all those movies and Evil Dead, uh, a lot of deads. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he comes from that generation and he he's like a living representation of of the regurgitation of horror, you know, and how and how these movies are constantly repeated. And and you know, homage by other films and whatnot. And and Dead Snow is a bit of that too. And but it's why I feel like once he dies, it's kind of like this sort of symbolism of all of the old tropes being taken out. Yeah. And now we can get into like the fun new modern style. Yeah. Of what this story is, right? Because again, once he dies, mm. it's more of a comedy and over the top gore and all that. So
2: I mean, one of the things we're talking about, it like, subverting tropes and stuff like that, and one thing that's interesting with this film is that we're getting a Cabin in the Woods film and a zombie film that's set in the snow. I don't feel like we really see either of those things too, too often. So, like, with this film, do you think that it, like, really utilized, like, that winter snowy, like, mountain setting?
1: I do, but I think it's not in the way that people think. So you know when when you see dead snow as an American or or really anyone maybe that doesn't live in norway <laughs> <laughs> i think I think you see it as the snow playing a huge role, right? yeah, but what I kind of think is fun about this is that you know for better or worse, dead snow is basically a a Norwegian response to evil dead it it real it really does feel like where Cola was a big Evil Dead and Brain Dead fan and was just like, okay, now I'm going to do my version, you know? Yeah. And so we've talked this whole month about, you know, snow and how it plays into the story and all that kind of stuff. And with dead snow, even though there were little things that play into it, you know, like, uh, like Hannah having to go through the avalanche and mm. obviously it's surrounded by snow and we got <laughs> snowmobiles and all that kind of stuff, I don't really feel like the snow is really meant to to play any sort of role I I actually feel like yeah because you know Norway's this country where uh where it is often snow covered right and it is often cold and so to me I'm looking at this and it really just feels like what Evil Dead is to us Mm -hmm. these characters are just on a normal vacation (laughs) uh in dead snow you know they're they're just going up to a cabin and the snow is it, the snow is neither here nor there that's just what they're used to right yeah just like if you're an american watching evil dead we're used to the idea of going out to a cabin in the woods for some camping and and vacation right
0: mm-hmm.
1: so when i look at dead snow it's not about the snow it, yeah. it's just you know to to people in norway i i, I imagine i've never been <laughs> i've never been to norway so if i'm wrong about norway i'm sorry f-
2: we're going to make some assumptions about your country <laughs> i'm
1: sorry about assuming things about norway norwegians um but <laughs> Uh, but, but, you know, to me, it's just, it's just basically their cabin in the woods movie. Yeah. You know, and that's all it is. Like, so to me, does it utilize the snow? Yeah. Because we have things like avalanches and, and stuff like that. But, but is it, is it really about that the way that frozen or the thing is about the snow? No, because those movies are about, you know, other stuff we talked about this month. Those are about snow and the isolationism of it. And And fighting against the elements. And honestly, dead snow doesn't really have any of that. Like, no. That...
2: <laughs> those dumbasses run out into the snow without coats and don't even think about it.
1: Well, right. The, the snow does not play into the film in in our characters are cold and they're going to die. Yeah. You know, there it doesn't play in, in in the isolation factor. Like, they are isolated. Yeah. But it's never because of the snow. It's just because, you know, their phone battery died or something yeah. like that. It's never because they're they're snowed in or an avalanche is blocking the road or, you know, other things that Americans would would attribute to, to issues with snow, right? Yeah,
2: there there's never a worry in it that they're gonna freeze to death. Like their whole reason for wanting to get to the cars is because they're being besieged by by zombie Nazis. Right.
1: The zombies are the problem. It's never never, the elements. No,
2: it's, you know, and that's one of the things I do like about this film is that, like, it uses the terrain really well. Like, I fucking lose it every time a zombie just, like, pops up out of the snow because I think it's so fucking funny. And I do kind of feel bad for those actors who are just, like, buried in snow and suddenly have to pop out they have to be freezing
1: no way man they're norwegian, they're norwegian. they, can, they, they got can stand this, this stuff
2: <laughs> they got this but yeah it's i agree with you i don't i don't think that this isn't a a winter film in the same way that everything else we're watching is
1: well and on top of that you know the characters use the environment to their advantage yeah you know and that, and that's another big difference too is like again you, you look at other movies we've talked about like the thing and frozen uh, the characters have no advantage with the elements. No, you know, in, in those movies, they're they're put up against the elements. And what's interesting about that snow is these characters are using the elements to their advantage because for them, this is their home territory. Like they they yeah. understand
2: they are not afraid <laughs> yeah. of the snow. They're
1: not afraid of the snow the <laughs> same way that some of us might be, right? So, yep. so they use their advantage. Like you mentioned, uh, Hannah, who stomps on. The cliffside until you know it all breaks off and she and the zombie fall. Ew. that's using the elements to to her advantage, right? Um, and hoping
2: she, she survives.
1: Well, hoping <laughs> she survives, but it's it's using it instead of instead of being plagued by it. Yeah. So, uh, so that's that's something that I really like about Dead Snow and why I wanted to include it in this conversation is that you know unlike most of the other snowbound horror films out there, this one is kind of about the fun of snow you yep. know. it's 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 about the it's about the fun of it and the way the blood looks on the snow there's so much <laughs> there's so much gore in dead snow that it all just shines beautifully <laughs>
2: <laughs> so much gore so much intestines
1: right and it all just looks great when you put it when you put it up against the the white snow, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that's what Dead Snow is. Is Dead Snow is just having it's having fun with the elements, as opposed to making them something to be scared of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is something I feel like really sets it apart from others. Everything in the category. else, yeah. yeah.
2: Is it weird for me to say that like? The one thing that I'm missing from this movie when it comes to, like, the snow aspect is we get a lot of great blood on the snow, but we never get that iconic shot where, like, someone gets hit and there's just a blood splatter on the perfect white snow.
1: You don't need it. You don't need it because there's so much blood.
2: <laughs> but I kind of wanted it. <laughs> there's so much blood and
1: the screen is so white in so many ways. Yep. All the characters are white. <laughs> the snow is everywhere. <laughs> yep. You know, so you don't you don't need that shot. I know what you're saying. You want that shot.
2: It's a pretty but, shot.
1: But again, I I feel you know this sounds weird to say, but I feel like maybe that shot's not there because again, it's Norway. They're yeah. they're just used to stuff. You know, they're for us who don't see snow all the time. Watching a blood splash against the snow is mm-hmm. kind of like it's like a horror fan treat, right? Like yeah. you don't you don't get to see that as <laughs> often as you would like. Here's whereas some prettiness. In, whereas in Norway, you know you. It's common, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's not. It's not a standout thing to have. <laughs> I'm not saying everyone's killing each other in Norway. There, there's just blood, blood the
2: splatter everywhere in Norway. I, I'm just saying
1: the <laughs> the idea of a shot of blood splashing on the snow is not as uncommon. <laughs> I would think as it is to us. I'm probably still, so, Ron. I mean, it's going to turn out I, that Norway is uh, like 100 degrees all year long, and I just don't know nothing about Norway. I really want
2: to watch other Norwegian horror films because now this is building a mental picture that 90% of their films just take place in winter settings.
1: Yeah, we just go ahead and lie and say that they do. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, okay, so something I do want to talk about before we wrap up here is is the fact of Nazi zombies. You know, because we don't get... <laughs> We haven't really talked about Nazi zombies before on this podcast that I can remember. Nope. And I just I just want to ask in your opinion, what is our obsession with Nazi zombies? You know, almost any zombie film that is not just about people becoming zombies uh-huh. is about zombie Nazis. If it's not just an average zombie movie with average people becoming zombies, it's fucking zombie Nazis. <laughs> so why are we so obsessed with zombie Nazis? And like what are what are some examples that you actually like or dislike of zombie Nazis in culture?
2: Well, I feel like we like having zombie Nazis because you there's no empathy for them. They're right. just scary monsters. Like this is gonna be a really weird sentence, but one of the things that I love about horror is that good good directors good horror writers can take those things that we talk about at our lunch tables in middle school in high school those ideas we get really excited about and turn them into really fun movies like joking around about having to fight zombie nazis is absolutely something we would have been talking about like in high school and so like it's bringing that weird like childhood like fear fantasy to life and then with like zombie nazis like yeah I don't have to feel bad about them. Just fuck them. They're gore fodder, and also they're terrifying murder machines. Like there is no sympathy in a in a zombie Nazi.
1: Well, it's it's the kind of setting where you know. So a lot of these zombie movies, like take the original Night of the Living Dead, for instance. You know, you have uh, you have Barbara whose brother shows up at the door as yeah. a zombie, and and. You know, there's that moment of holy shit! It's my brother. You know, I can't. What do like, I it, do? It it makes her freeze because you know how you see it play out in a lot of zombie films is is people being unable to accept that their loved one is no longer their loved one, right? Yeah. and they're and they're a monster, and and we see similar things even with the pandemic right now of like people just can't accept, you know, that you that, can't uh, see
2: your family right now,
1: right? And it's hard and it's difficult, yeah. and and. You know, so, so there, there's that human element uh, mm-hmm. to a lot of zombie films, and it's once you introduce Nazi zombies <laughs> that you're a little more free to have fun. Yeah. You know, because, because like you said, we don't care about <laughs> Nazi zombies. No. If fuck anything, em. we if anything we want to see Nazi zombies get the worst possible death as as we can see. You know, like we we want to see them be maimed, ripped apart, blown up. Tons ripped out, eyes gouged out. I mean heads cut off. Like. Martin
2: Chainsaw is one of them in the dick. It's great.
1: Yeah, and then he gets bit in the dick, but
2: Well, come <laughs> up it's Martin, I guess.
1: Um But no, you know, so we you know, the, there's there's like a phrase that's been circulating the last few years since we've seen a rise of Nazi like Actions in America, you know, where, where we're all talking about like always be punching Nazis, punching
2: no- Nazis,
1: and that and that is a sentiment that I stand by. I don't, you know, I'm all for free speech. I th- I think that free speech is very important in a democracy in America. But when it comes to Nazi free speech and spreading those ideals, fuck that. No, <laughs> punch Nazis punch in the face.
2: <laughs> Here's the thing. Free speech means that I think the government isn't supposed to censor you. But I fucking can punch you. I don't have to listen to that shit. <laughs>
1: Fuck you. <laughs> right. Punch there,
2: Nazis.
1: There's no there's no room for Nazi ideals, right? No. So so anyway, when it comes to these Nazi zombies, we love seeing them get killed. And yeah. and Nazi zombies are so popular because zombies by nature are are fodder, you know, they're they're horror fodder they're where we gore just horror fodder. We just get to see them die in the most gory way possible. <laughs> and that's all zo- every zombie movie does the same thing. Zombies are just there to see how many different ways can we kill zombies. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well and we get really gory deaths for our victims. Like it's just fun, fun gore fests.
1: But you know, and, and so it's why I think we see Nazi zombies all throughout culture. I mean that <laughs> If you're gonna do any like anytime anytime there's a film about a, a specific about war it's always Nazis It's right? always Nazis and and so like when you look through horror and all the all the examples of Nazi zombies I mean they're everywhere you know like uh, Overlord was a recent example of Nazi yeah. zombies uh in, and then there's films like shockwaves and many many others uh, Oasis of the zombies I think is about Nazis there's there's just countless numbers of them. <laughs> Uh, in video games, you got like Castle Wolfenstein, which is all about Nazis, and there's some Nazi zombies. You know, Call of Duty has the <laughs> has the uh, special missions where you're fighting Nazi zombies, right? So like, they're just everywhere. Like yeah. when you have when you just want to make a straight up villain with no sympathy, yep. Nazis Eats. are the go to. Yep. And in horror, it's Nazi zombies. <laughs> yep. And it, and it's why I love that they are the target of Dead Snow. Because, again, it allows you to just have fun. Yeah. There's no sympathy for Nazi zombies. You don't care that they're nine. There's no human element where our main characters are saying, oh, my God, I, I don't know what to do that my girlfriend's changing into a zombie. Do I kill her or not? Which, by the way, the answer is always yes, chop her head <laughs> off. All right, but with all that being said, you know it's time to wrap up here, so <laughs> <laughs> already going over time. Uh, what is your killer idiot of Dead Snow? Who makes the dumbest move in this movie for you?
2: I, so I'm always kind of torn on this, but I think I'm going to have to go with, um... I hate to say this, I have to go with Hannah because when somebody's in the middle of bloodlust killing a zombie, maybe you should not sneak up on them. That seems like a terrible idea, and that's how you friendly fire get killed.
1: It's not a good idea, and you should definitely not try to grab the weapon nope. <laughs> that they're holding either as they're doing it. I, and it's yeah no that always makes me kind of laugh in horror films even though it's supposed to be like a sudden tragic moment, yeah, it's just like I will never approach when my when Chris is in the kitchen slicing carrots <laughs> if i if I'm coming up to hug her before I'm even within three feet of her, I say something like, don't stab me yeah <laughs> I'm gonna hug you. <laughs> You know that should just be common nature with right. people. Like you don't go up to someone swinging a weapon and surprise them. You say, "Hey, I'm coming up to you, motherfucker," and be aware that I'm here.
2: Martin's beating the shit out of that zombie. He's clearly going through something in that moment.
1: When, when I was a waiter, we had we had different different things that we would say to let other people know that we were passing by them behind them, so that they wouldn't. Back up and like drop a dish or something. Uh-huh. It's fucking common human knowledge, people. Yeah. Stop sneaking up on people in horror movies. <laughs>
2: don't just don't do it. They have weapons and they're stressed out. You will die.
1: Exactly. So, so now that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna put Chris. I'm sorry, uh, Chris is my killer <laughs> idiot. And it's because
2: she had gross sex in an outhouse.
1: No, 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 no. You're not. You're not dumb for having gross sex. Like you know, and, and everyone's allowed whatever kind of sex they like. Doesn't make it dumb. She's dumb because not because she goes and has sex with Erland in the shack outhouse whatever uh which is still gross i mean i definitely You're- you know i definitely don't think as chris has taken a dump like man i want to go into that bathroom and and do things with chris right now but she licks it, the
2: finger he wipes his butt with
1: and that's the dumb part is he's clearly <laughs> probably done taking a shit and you know if the pandemic has taught us anything this year, it's it's it it's given us a, a greater realization for germs, <laughs> and so I I can't. It was already hard to watch before the pandemic, but now especially, you know, I watch a character like Chris going suck on Erlen's fingers as he's sitting on the porta potty taking a dump, and I'm just like, you don't know where those fingers. Have, you actually no, you do know. You know exactly where those where fingers, those fingers have, been have been in the last few minutes. And that is the last thing you want to put in your mouth. Chris, Ugh. the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> Maybe she just
2: has a poop fetish.
1: And some people do, and yeah. it's a fetish I'll never understand. Nope. But, you know, more, more power to you if, if that's your thing. But uh, not for me. No. Um, so anyway, so that's my killer idiot. So what about your killer death of dead snow?
2: Um, I really love the zombie that gets its arm shoved in a snowmobile. <laughs> and then it just like revs and his whole arm gets like sucked down into it and he's just screaming the entire time where there's like uh, blood going off. I don't know. It just makes me laugh every time. <laughs> there's a lot of good deaths, but that one makes me laugh.
1: There are. Uh so I picked I picked uh Erlen, obviously so Of course you did. Again, I just I I love I love the meta side of it of the fact that Erlen basically gets the same damn death as Brain which he's wearing the shirt of. Uh, and it's just so epically gory and disgusting. <laughs> I mean, they even put in the little touch of when the zombie's fingers go into his eyeballs. It's not just blood that comes out. It's like this liquidy pus. Mm-hmm. You know, like they really gross. go they really go gross <laughs> with it and. <laughs> And the effect just ultimately looks fantastic. I mean, yeah. it's 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 great. Um, what about your killer MVP of Dead Snow?
2: So this is gonna be a weird one, maybe, but it's the the song in the Hall of the Mountain King, which they play during the opening. This is how I knew I was gonna love this film, because I fucking hate that song in okay. the in the Hall of the Mountain King. For some reason, that song just makes me feel like there is somebody behind me and chasing me. And so like for them to use You're that a weirdo, a weirdo. <laughs> and for them to use that song for a chase scene like that's like my fear like realized on screen. And so like I just knew I was going to fucking love this film. So the fact that they chose my fear song to kill someone to was perfect.
1: They chose this song that I hate <laughs> and now I love this movie. <laughs> well, they, they chose
2: this song that perfectly articulates why I'm afraid of it. Cause she's getting chased by the zombie to the theme of the song. Keep up, hun.
1: I am keeping <laughs> up. You're just uh, you're a quirky little gremlin. Um, <laughs> I okay. Well, I I like lo- I like the, I like the us- fact that you just
2: have no idea what to do with that.
1: Well, I like the use of that song because that song does not make me think someone's sneaking up on me. How does it and not
2: make <laughs> you think someone's sneaking up on you?
1: Because I'm not a paranoid gremlin, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but I like that song because to me it it's a comedic touch to the opening of the film. And it and it, it sets the stage for what you're ultimately going to get, where the the kill itself is kind of scary, might make you jump, but the film is telling you we're going to do some stuff like that, but ultimately you're supposed to have fun with this movie. Yeah. So my my killer MVP is actually Lass Vildal who plays Vigard, and my boy. The reason why, I mean, he's not the star, you know, he's not he's not. He's not he, he's not the star of this film but the reason why I picked him is because I feel like Vigard's kind of like the in a weird way the heart of the movie uh because Vigard is he's kind of the comic relief in a sense when we're not with our main characters cuz we're off watching him go through like some <laughs> weird shit with zombies right yep. um and he's also the source of a lot of tension you know while our characters are dealing with Whatever we see him by himself, you know, hanging off the side of a mountain by intestines, <laughs> uh, fighting with zombies like cliffhanger style, right?
2: Having to sew himself up with a fishing rod.
1: Sews he, sews his neck up with a fishing rod, you know, like he he's part he's part of a lot of the plot development. Like he's the one who discovers the the Nazi zombie cave and figures out, you know, these Nazi zombies are roaming the world or whatever, and so he. You know he just has this presence that like kind of outshines I think everybody else in the oh, cast, yeah, where it's not it's not that he makes you laugh the most or anything like that. It's just that when he's on screen, I just feel like he has a stronger presence than some of the others, like Martin or Roy or Hannah or whatever you know, so yeah, um, so i I don't know, I just kind of saw Vigar as like this weird sort of heart of the film where he he's the one keeping us entertained when we're not experiencing what's going on with the main plot, right? Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> I think that's why he has, out of our main cast, after Ireland the most intense death. Because um, right. he just gets stabbed by, what, like eight zombies who then like tear him apart?
1: Yeah, he's, he's my second favorite death by far. Um, yep. All right, but so I think that's going to do it for us on Dead Snow. So we're going to move into our Patreon content now. We're going to talk about uh, some maybe... Not so funny pranks <laughs> that we've pulled, uh, as Martin does with the bag over the head of Hannah in the film. And uh we'll also talk about uh what we think those zombies are going to do with that gold if they do anything. <laughs> uh why do they want the gold so bad? Uh so if you'd like to hear that, just go to patreon.com slash killer horror critic for just a dollar a month to get access to all of our additional bonus content. Uh we also have other rewards such as bonus episodes. Um being able to vote on what we talk about each month and for the bonus episodes list on what's coming out each week. Uh, So definitely go ahead and subscribe to that. If you'd like to help support us, every dollar goes to uh, our writers and, and, uh, and fees for being able to host the podcast. So we'd really appreciate it if you can. Uh, Otherwise we just appreciate you listening. And uh, also just want to give a shout out to our killer members on Patreon, uh, ben Scouton, Michael Campbell, Martin Chetta, Seth Vermontin, and Kelsey Lynn. Just thank you so much for all of your support and all of our other patron support. You know, again, we cannot do this without you all. So just thank you for keeping us going, even in this <laughs> hell year that is 2020. <laughs> Next week, we will be talking about the 1997 film, Jack Frost. Not the Michael Keaton version, which I'm sure so many parents probably accidentally rented this Jack Frost instead of the Michael Keaton version, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which came out in 1998, I think. Uh, this is the 1997 version with uh, Killer Snowman, uh, so we'll be talking about that. That is streaming on Prime and Shudder, and I think Tubi, so you can check it out then. Or So you can, so you can check it out there if you want to get kind of a head start on the next week's episode. Uh, but that's going to do it for us on Dead Snow, so... Uh, Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hope you had a good time. And I'm Matt.
2: And I'm Chris.
1: And have a good night, horror fans.
2: Bye.
0: I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Killer Horror Critic. If you'd like to scream with us some more, please subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at KillerFromSpace, as well as Instagram at Killer underscore Horror underscore Critic. New episodes release every Friday, so keep your eyeballs peeled just the way I like them. Have a good night, horror fans.